1: Hello and welcome
2: to the Rashmore Kazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on ESPN 1090 in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. I'm joined as always by Armani Buckets, Tim Lee and our main man Nick Hamilton. First segment, so much to get to Nick that we have to bring you up first. We can't wait. We can't, you know, there's no time to delay here. Nick, let's start uh, right here, my friend. We were in Las Vegas for the Pac-12 championship game. Um, Listen, that was only a game that could hurt USC, only a game that could hurt Caleb. It did hurt USC. They, They got blown out. They're no longer in the college football playoff. That being said, Caleb is on a flight to New York. He is um, the prohibitive favorite, Nick. I mean, still, uh, the, the, he should win. Your thoughts on Caleb and his uh, chances to win the Heisman Trophy?
0: Well, despite, like as you said, their, their dismal loss against, uh, for the second time in the season against the Utah Utes, I do think Caleb Williams has still has a great chance of winning the Heisman. And when you look at what he's done all season long, has gotten progressively better over the course of the season. I think the only bad game, technically, if, he, if he's had a bad game this season, was against Oregon State when they struggled offensively to try to get some rhythm going up there in Corvallis. Outside of that, especially the last three to four games, you've seen a drastic improvement. That was a, what it appeared to be uh, a different type of USC team. And now I think that's why many were so disappointed at the way they were shellacked and knocked on their Keisters. Uh, when it came to the Pac-12 championship because literally um, we expected greater things, especially what we saw the last four weeks against top-ranked opponents uh, in prime time.
2: Yeah. By the way, Nick's joining us on the Circa Sports Guest Hotline. I forgot to mention that. And by the way, Caleb is still the big favorite at Circa. Uh, The odds of the Heisman, in fact, have been taken off of some boards. Tim Lee, uh, your thoughts on, again, I... First of all, I don't like the conference championship games. I think they're pointless. I think they're useless. I think they that they won't be a thing when we get to the 12-team playoff. Caleb did enough during the course of the season, and I think, in fact, the way that USC played without him
1: being 100 really showed how much he meant to that team. Yeah, I agree. I mean, like this is the, in my opinion, like one of the more recent races for the for the Heisman that's been a little bit weaker. Yeah. Skill players in college have been a little bit like weaker in general from previous iterations. There's no like dominant receiver like there was with Devontae Smith this year, maybe like Muhammad Ibrahim the only person that could have probably given them a, a skilled player that could have been in the Heisman finalist. So, yeah. I mean, Caleb doing as well as he has. He's a dual-threat quarterback technically still. he's probably was, was going to always be the favorite, right? He just puts up gaudy statistic numbers. And even without the result of them being a playoff favorite, his individual contributions to the season has been more, in my opinion, more or less significant, uh, unique to the position than anybody else in college this year. So...
2: The other big question, um, and Nick, I'll, I'll pose this to you and get thoughts from the whole group. You know, It, it seems like the way that, that we're going to go, and again, this won't be as big of a problem when we get to the 12-team playoff. If you're not a playoff team, the number of big-name college players who will not play in bowl games, and we've seen these lines uh, trend a lot. Tulane, USC Cotton Bowl. That line uh, begins at seven. It's down at two. Would not be shocked if it's a pick by kickoff or if, amazingly, Tulane is the favorite because at the end of the day, one of two things happen. Number one, I'm about to go pro. I'm not about to play in this game. That doesn't right. mean anything. Or... Bro, I'm about to come back next year. In Caleb's case, if he's not 100%, like, what what is the draw there? So for me, listen, I'm kind of old school. It's the Cotton Bowl. You have a chance to win 12 games. I still think it's a big deal. I'm in the minority, Nick. I mean, I, I, I do think by the time we get to kickoff, it will be one of two things. Tulane will be the favorite, or amazingly, that will be a pick 'em game.
0: Well, no, it should be known now as the softest Cotton Bowl because it really doesn't <laughs> matter when you look. When you look at what, and you brought up some great points, Ross. I think when you look at Caleb Williams and what his future is projected, especially if he decides if he ends up winning the Heisman, I think why would you risk further injury with that hamstring? Because hamstrings, as we know, are very tricky. Very tricky, like high ankle sprain. Yeah. We don't know how long it's going to be. We don't know if it's going to be able to heal correctly. Uh, he may have to have a life procedure, maybe not. We still don't know. But why would you risk it against a team like Tulane, when especially when you're coming back for another season, hopefully with better recruiting defensively? Yeah. And you know the, the Grinch who stole the defense as, as a defensive coordinator still, which I still is a head scratcher <laughs> to me. Why he still has a why his key card continues to work at USC? No disrespect uh, but, too, and no, though, Nick.
1: No disrespect. I mean, I, I I think you're discounting Tulane a little bit. I mean, Michael Pratt. Tajay Sharp, these two have been honestly like two of the best players in college football. Pratt,
0: yeah.
1: Pratt, if, <laughs> Pratt, if it wasn't for the fact that he was in a division that nobody knew about with the schedule that, that they're playing, I mean, Tajay Sharp's been one of the best running backs in, 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 in the country, so
0: you can't, you no, can't discount great, him. That's great, but does anybody care? That's the question. Of course, if you can talk does about like, the bowl care? games being
1: significant, yeah, of course, in terms of the care process, that's the, that's All what Rosh right. was alluding to before with the whole like conference final you know the, the conference finals in, in general that's that and I'll be in agreement on that point for sure obviously like the disappointment is that they don't potentially make the playoffs. But I just wanted to at least give out Tulane a little bit of a shout. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> give them their flowers, okay. right? Give them their flowers.
0: Yeah, that's that's nice, man. I, I hope they see a nice sweatshirt <laughs> and maybe a Cotton Bowl champion, you know, t-shirt along to put some lovely partying just for you, bigging up Tulane. That's awesome. Yeah. And I, I don't disagree with you on the Tulane part. I think Tulane has some talent as well. You can't discount that. But at the same time, when you look at the Sugar Bowl, when you look at other, when you look at you know uh, other other bowls that have premier teams playing in those bowl games. I wish a uh, more significant. I think you have to pay attention to those. I think if you're USC, this is kind of a consolation prize. No, yeah. Um, barely, barely, barely. It's not, it's not something. Now, if you're on a Rose Bowl, when you're playing, you know, US we have a rematch between USC and Penn State, which we saw some, some, some extraordinary fireworks. The last time those two teams hooked up with a lame duck coach, um, uh, you know, after him, I I think it would be a lot more interesting. And I think if you're Caleb Williams here, yeah, you would definitely want to play, especially still being at home and you know near L. A. Uh, but when you're dealing with the Cotton Bowl, it's like, what, what's the point? I mean, what are we trying to accomplish here? Money besides mon- monetary yeah. compensation, what else are we trying to accomplish? Here?
2: All right, guys, we, let, let, let's switch gears here. Uh, the uh, Clippers game was one that, again, I I wasn't focusing on too much because I, I thought it was a, you know, for sure a win in the back. Kawhi's is going to start. Paul George is going to start. I mean, th- this team is about to get going again. A loss is a loss, but when you lose to the 5-20 Orlando Magic, and now they uh, play the Heat tonight on the second night of a back-to-back bad loss, Armando Buckets, I'll start with you. We've talked about it with this team. Consistency. This is the biggest problem with this team. And listen, they, they've, they've come back before. They've had big wins before. But losing to an Orlando Magic team that, quite frankly, is
3: one of the worst teams in the league... That that's bad. It is bad. But at the same time, if this team was rolling and they lost this game, we would just consider it one of 82. The reason why we take it as such a big loss is because of the track record that they've shown us this season. Yeah. If they just stay healthy, they're bound to get a little bit better and they're bound sure. to get hot at some point. So I'm not panicking yet. I, I am panicking about the health thing, about yeah. Paul George and Kawhi not being able to stay healthy. But the West is still wide open. The Warriors have not separated themselves. The Nuggets are mediocre right now in terms of contending. The Suns just got blown out by 40. So it's still right there. You just need 10 games of health. Mm-hmm. With that being said, do you trust them to stay healthy for 10
1: games? No, I don't. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I mean. I think it's only panic when you like, Hyper focused on one game. If, if you <laughs> hyper focus on the magic as as they're currently relegated to being like an, a, a a pretender status, right? Then you're like, okay, well, them losing an overtime, not a great look. You don't want to lose these easy like give me over kind of games. At the same time, like you mentioned, health is key. I mean, health is wealth, right? But they are they've shown positive uh, m- moments. I mean, eleven five. I think they're eleven five when Marcus Morris, PG, Reggie Jackson are together. So. That actually has not happened as often as I would like, and they've also been pretty much like four and zero when everybody is healthy together. So they haven't had that either. By the way, it shows
2: you what a small sample size that is—only four times. Uh, Nick, I mean, listen. On paper, uh, this team on paper such a big key there because again, they've only had four games all season when they've been healthy. How do you view this team? They're fourteen and twelve, hovering around five hundred. Do you, do you do you still view them like as this championship contending team?
0: Well, you mentioned you a point earlier about they have a consistency problem. They don't have a consistency problem. They have a Kawhi problem, mm. and the problem is the fact of the lack of Kawhi's ability to be healthy on the court. The best availability is a, the best ability is availability. And when you look at what the impact that Kawhi Leonard has had in, in seasons prior, when you look at the fact of what the Clippers almost accomplished with just Paul George putting the team on his back in a, in a six-game Western Conference Final Series against the Phoenix Suns. You can see the potential win and in, in the, in the, the necessity of having a, a Kawhi Leonard on your team. You mentioned 4-0 and when all of the guys are on the floor together. Imagine if they were able to even remain on the floor half the time of the season, how far they would be. So, yeah, I, I still think they can have an opportunity because the playoffs are obviously a wide open. Anything can happen. Guys can high at the right time. The shots can fall when they need to fall, but it's also going to remain about having a rhythm. You can't develop a, a consistent rhythm. He's going to use the word consistent. You can't develop a consistent rhythm without having the guys that you that, that you built the team around in Paul George and Kawhi Bennett. I don't fault Paul George. Paul George put this team on his back. Playoff P, you know, pandemic P, whatever you want to call it. But Paul George has been, if you want to use again the word consistent, he's been the most consistent star. On this team not named Kawhi Leonard and that is the major problem. Until so they can figure out what's going on with Kawhi Leonard or they will decide to tell us what's going on with Kawhi Leonard, that is going to be the $64 question and that is going to always be in the back of their minds. If they don't get to the NBA Finals this year, this will be an absolute failure of an experiment when it comes to Kawhi Leonard.
2: Nick, the story of the day, and it's one that you've been tracking for quite some time. You've covered her for years. Brittany Griner has been released. She's on her way home. She might be here already. Uh, an amazing story, because, again, uh, with, with these situations, we don't get play-by-play. Play. We don't know how they're going to pan out. But amazing news. She's coming home. Your thoughts on this, how it played out?
0: Well, first of all, I was surprisingly shocked when I received the news this morning. Uh, I thought it was a misprint. I thought it was somebody playing around uh, because I didn't expect Britain Grinder to be uh, released, especially under the, the horrendous conditions that she was placed under for the last 10 months uh, in, a, in a foreign country, especially her being a black woman, being an LGBTQ plus woman. Um, we know how, how they view um, you know that category of people in that particular country. And so, first of all, I'm ecstatic that she's black. Um, regardless of how she got in the position, the fact that how she was treated and used as a political bond, uh was, was definitely uh, inexcusable. Uh, no human being should be treated in that particular fashion, especially when you've had previous uh, you know, criminals that have gone there for way more uh, that did not look like Brittany Griner that have gotten off You know, months after. And that was the biggest problem for me. Um, so I'm happy that she home. congratulations to her wife. Uh, who's been fighting for her, has been an advocate for her and her family, in uh, the entire WNBA community. I mean, when these ladies get together and they put their, their voice behind a cause, as we've seen when it came to Rocky the War not back in 2020, getting the disseminacy and how, how adamant they were about that, about, how adamant they were about, you know, making sure that police brutality and, and racism and bigotry will continue to be brought to the forefront in right, social injustice. Uh, were being brought to the forefront. They put their, their, their voices behind it. So this is another call today, free BG. I love the fact that the NBA players got behind it. Uh, people like LeBron and Steph Curry and, uh, and, and Kevin Durant and others got behind this, this call uh, as far as making sure that she was free from, from uh, the, the Russian prison and brought back to the United States safety and in time for Christmas. So uh, oh, yeah. props to the Biden administration for that as well.
1: As, oh, sorry. Yeah, no. I was gonna say, as Arash alluded, I mean, if you've been tracking this story, uh, I haven't really been tracking it too much, but I feel like her being brought home was like more like these recent developments haven't really been broadcasted as no. as publicly as. A lot of the other things that have been happening during this whole 10 month ordeal. Mm-hmm. I mean, how, I mean, I don't even know what, what's been happening over the last course of like the couple of weeks to have.
2: But I think that was like important because what I, I didn't like at the beginning was we were getting a play by play of exactly like who we were going to give them. And, and it's like, right. like, this is not sports. And I think a, mm. a negotiation like that should be had behind closed doors. There's a certain diplomacy that has to take place. This is a really uncomfortable situation, obviously, but the, the, these are conversations that had to be had behind closed doors. Right, you know, th- this exactly. is not a, a a trade that, like, Shafter or Woes or Shams <laughs> yeah, is going to bring. It's just going to happen. Exchange, yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're the conversations that happen all the time, but um, just glad that, that she's back home.
3: Yeah, it, it the story right now that people are talking about, obviously very glad that Britney's home, but they're talking about the exchange that was sure. made. exactly. And, I don't know how to feel about it. I we didn't even know that there was another. I didn't know that there was another Marine that was still stationed overseas in yeah. Russia that's still being held prisoner. So hopefully he gets home as well. But yeah. glad that Brittany is safe. Exactly.
2: Uh, Nick I also want to get your uh, viewpoint on prime time. Dion Sanders going to Colorado again. Big story because you know we're still covering the uh, Pac-12 here, but. There was a lot more to that story, and you've touched on it. Uh, your thoughts on primetime?
0: Well, first of all, congratulations to Coach Prime and getting this opportunity to be at a D1 school. Let's, as I said in my Instagram post, let's not people act like Deion Sanders is going to be the new version of uh, the late, great Eddie Robinson who stayed at Grambling State and three much put Grambling State and HBCU football on the map uh, for for or 50 years. Uh, let's not act like Prime was going to be there for that length of time. Prime is always going to be prime, no pun intended, for a D1 coaching job, whether that be Florida State, whether that be University of South Florida, or Colorado, who came to college. Let's not act like Deion Sanders did not come in and, and, and accomplish the mission that he came in with, which was, hey, we're going, to turn, we're going to turn HBCU football around. We made it popular. I mean, he snatched the number one defensive back in Travis Hunter Away from the line, the the, the the confines of Alabama or Clemson or whatever, d one program at the time to go to an HBCU, which had never been, which really hadn't happened in quite some time. So the fact that he got them to swat championships, got them an undefeated season, got college game day on ESPN to broadcast yeah. their pre, their pregame show live at an HBCU. That's not a, and that's not a knock on HBCU football being on national television because you know the, the Bayou Classic. um, that's been always on NBC for, me, for many, many, many years. Um, but Deion Sanders transcended the popularity of HBCU football in Jackson State to the mainstream because he's Deion Sanders. And also, too, if Jackson State was so adamant about keeping him at their facility, which he also, by the way, built the state-of-the-art practice facility, something they haven't had in forever, you should have ponied up the money. This man was using his salary to to invest back into the Jackson State University program. He could not even pay his assistance. And it's was out here on a tractor cutting the grass. And and are we going to ignore the fact If you want to put all this blame on Dion leaving the state of Mississippi and leaving Jackson State? Are we also going to ignore the fact of a a guy who's been uh, connected with uh, felonies and Brett Barr who's stolen from the people of Mississippi? taking that money, they were going to break ground. The State was trying to break ground for a black stadium. Deion Sanders said, no, this is not the proper time because we're going through a significant water crisis. We need to be uh, helping the people. So for him to go to Colorado, for him to go out there, get a what $6 million a year to pay his assistance, and then I actually open up the opportunity for more black coordinators and coaches to come on a D1 level, I think it's phenomenal. What I like to hear Deion say understand say how much Jackson State has done for him, not just what he's done for Jackson State. Absolutely. You may not like the way he was—he he left Jackson State the night of the fact that when they won their swag title. But at the same time, this is what Dion was always trying to do. If you wanted to keep him at Jackson State, you wanted to keep him in the HBCU program. You should have partied up the money and not funneled the funds away from the football and
2: athletic program. Tim, I mean, now that we're in this situation with transfer portals and whatnot, and we, when you have a coach with that kind of swag, that, that kind of name, that, that, you know, I'm not saying Colorado is going to go from the worst team into the pac 12 into like a contending team, but you look at 2024, no USC, no UCLA. He has a couple of years I think Colorado has a chance here.
1: I mean, he his name value has to bring about these like recruits, right? It's not even just transfer portal. It's just the fact that he needs the popularity to bring names to Colorado who, who like this is a like a college that has not had a lot of relevancy over yeah. the past few years. A lot of their best players, like Alex Fontenou, like they were the ones that were transferring away from the school. So I don't know, maybe it's a it's a boon for for potential transfers to come and then make the school a little bit more relevant again.
2: Would you go play for Prime Time, Armani? I, I would, I be- would. And, <laughs> and,
3: and I I think you guys probably saw his his. I think it was his introduction That's speech. Right. It was a uh, it it really galvanized me. I, I was like, okay, the culture is being set immediately. Right. I liked it. So if I did play football and I was good enough, then yes, I would love to play for Prime.
2: I mean, because you know the, the the swagger that he has, and again, he stills doing he still does things on on TV mm-hmm. with the with the with the podcast and. The, When he got off that private jet, Nick, uh, you know, he he had the coat, he had the glasses, he had the necklace, he had the bling. It's like, listen, I mean, I, I think when you're talking about recruiting, when you're talking about the transfer portal, when you're talking about, you know, helping guys make a name for themselves, I do think that this can help. But again... It's Colorado. It's not USC. It's not UCLA. It's going to take some time. Um, Nick, I will see you uh, soon, my friend. Uh, We have a lot to catch up on. That's uh, we're going to. So we're going to leave it there for now. But when we come back, a very special guest will join us in the second segment talking about the Rams and the Raiders and the National Football League in Los Angeles. When we return right here on 1090 in Southern California and the fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network.
0: We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Steel clown with the
2: when we come around. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on ESPN 1090 in Southern California. 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. All right, we're going to go out to the Circus Sports Guest Hotline right now and play for you a special conversation I had with the man, the myth, the legend behind Pernia Law Group. It's Uncle Artie. He is my good friend, just a couple of Persian kids from Los Angeles who grew up as big sports fans. The only difference is he's on every billboard you see around town. He's the official, he, a partner of the, the Chargers, the Clippers, the Galaxy, UCLA, DMV. There's nothing this guy doesn't do. Massive sports fan. So I get a chance to talk with him. So let's listen to that conversation right now. We have to start here. It's the Raiders and the Rams at SoFi Stadium, Thursday Night Football. The Los Angeles Rams are the defending Super super Bowl champions, but you and I both know. It'll be a sea of silver and black. Why is that? They've they've been gone for 20-plus years, but I know we grew up in Los Angeles with the silver and black and Bo Jackson and all. Why is this still a Raiders town?
4: You know, I remember my first NFL game. I was five years old, Raiders-Jets. Uh, of course, Jets won on a field goal in overtime. But you know, ever since then, it's the feel, it's the vibe of the Raiders that it, you can't really recreate it with any other NFL team. So I think it left a lasting impression that certain other teams that got shipped in and out yeah. uh, through through time haven't carried the fan base like that.
2: It was something about them; they were part of the community. They were played at the Coliseum. Uh, Towards the end, uh, things got a little bit crazy there. Like my dad didn't feel comfortable taking me to the Coliseum, but you know what? That that's what made it the black hole. That's what made it like the home of the silver and black. There's something about your billboards through towns, though. That kind of have that same feel. There's like a certain cutting edge feel about them.
4: Yeah, you know, the thing is, for me, uh, being the sponsor of the Chargers. Uh, It it was tough because, at heart, I am a Raider fan, and I always have been. But I I like the idea of, of sports partnerships with attorneys because who better than fans of teams to trust someone with their legal case yeah. so it was tough for me to uh to to go with the chargers being a raiders fan but you know that that's why i put the billboards up because at the end of the day i want to promote the team they did move, move out here and their fan base is growing and i think herbert is a solid qb so yeah you know we'll see what happens
2: i was just at the game on sunday um listen there's are they're, they're still in the playoff hunt the Las Vegas Raiders, everyone counted them out. They're still in the playoff hunt here.
4: Man, you know, this Raiders season is in a microcosm. Our life as Raiders <laughs> fans. I mean, first of all, for sure, 17 years off my life and counting from yeah. being a Raiders fan. And, you know, you, that's how close the NFL is. Uh, how many games did we lose after having a 15 or more oh, lead? Three, yeah, four games, exactly. right? So, but look, they're hot now. Yeah, and that's
2: all that matters. You want to get hot at, in November, December to close out the season. People have seen you all around town. law whether you're driving around town, whether you're like at a Chargers game, whether you're at the Clippers game, what is your thought process when you align yourselves with teams? Again, I mean, there's so many teams out there. The Galaxy, I don't want to leave any teams out. Galaxy, UCLA, Chargers, Clippers, when you think about it, do you do you kind of look at what, what teams you like, what teams you cheer for?
4: Well, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, Clippers. I've been a fan uh, from day one. No. You know, a lot of people jumped on the bandwagon with Chris Paul and Blake Griffin, but I was there with Lamar, Corey McGetty, even Michael oloa Candy, the, <laughs> the former candy man. number one pick. Chris Kamen, you know, (laughs) so Darius Miles, I caught his shoe when I was 13 (laughs) at Staples. So, you know, the Clippers was really more a heartfelt choice for Mm -hmm. me because we we have so many partnerships. I didn't need to add another one per se, but um, being a lifelong fan, uh, it was kind of a gift to myself to be able to be the attorney sponsor of the team. But in general, you know, I think that uh, when I partner up with someone, I really like to be in a partnership. It doesn't have to be one-sided. So I want to promote the teams. I want to do the fully wrap buses. I want to put the boards all around town. So it's all about synergy. What is it about Los Angeles, you think? I mean, we've won four championships here. When you look at
2: the uh, uh, teams, it's the Lakers and the Dodgers. Now, by the way, do you view those championships in
4: a different way? No fans in attendance? I mean, do you do you put uh, a you know, little thing on them? Like, I mean, where do we draw the line? Do we go to the '99 season where That's right. it was a lockout? Does yeah. San Antonio have an asterisk? We everyone forgot. That's a good point. Right, you know, right. yeah. No, everyone says Duncan had five championships. Yeah, right? no one says four and a half. So I, I, I'll still consider it. So because people view Los Angeles as a you know not
2: a true fan base, you know when you when you start to lose, for example, with the Rams, um, they're having a hard time. <laughs> they're a really bad team right now and and so they can't sell out some games how do you view fans here is any what have you done for me kind of a
4: f- fan base you know what I, I i don't i don't i actually see it more like they're just so damn loyal they, like yeah if you're a laker fan you can, it's in your blood to be a Laker fan, but also to hate every other team. Like, you know, I always tell my boys who are Lakers fans, okay, when they're not playing the Clippers, at least root for the Clippers. It's the yeah. same city, same stadium. They're like, no, we want them to lose <laughs> exactly. even when they're not playing us. So I, I, I don't see it. I, I see it just as a Laker in a Dodger town, and that's never going to change, to yeah. be honest. And so, you know, that's and that's the thing with the Raiders. <laughs> at the end of the day, it's also a Raiders town. So sports is all about competition. Um,
2: how competitive you get, you know, when, when when you, if you were to walk up to someone and say, name an attorney, they would probably say Pernia and they would probably say a few other names. How competitive
4: do you get with the other attorneys out there? Let, let, let me tell you something. <laughs> I, I'm hearing word on the street is some of these attorneys are talking about me. And you know what? Uncle's <laughs> here yeah. to clear my name. First of all, no one gave me this. Shit. I built it on my own. Uh, people think, oh, he's probably some rich kid. Even I've heard people even say, oh, the mafia gave him money for these billboards. No, I worked hard. I started with five clients. I built it all by myself. So, Mister Jacob, Mister Laker, keep my name out your mouth. Wow, there yeah. we go. So this gets this, this gets competitive. It is competitive, but I'm kidding. Me and me and Jacob and his family are friends for a long okay, time. Okay, so, so I'm it's just not. <laughs> but what I'm what I'm saying is, look, uh, a long time ago when I started. Someone said to me, Artie, if someone puts a gun to your head and they're going to shoot in three, two, one, name an attorney, PI attorney in LA, who do they name? And five years ago, it was Jacob, it was Sweet James, maybe Jacoby and Myers. Now, I think with all the work we've put in, um, plus the branding, if someone puts a gun to your head, three, two, one, you're going to be like that uncle guy.
2: When you go around town and you drive around town, or certainly when you go to games, I mean, is that still a surreal moment? Like when you think about yourself as a kid growing up in Los Angeles and you see Law, you see your face up there. Tell me what that's like for you.
4: Yeah, you know, for me, Arash, it's all about the books. You know, yeah. I'm doing it to do it because when when you work so hard and you're so proud of what you do, you want everyone to know. So when I see that, it's not so much that I think of myself, but I just think of, you know, I did I did it right. You know, I yeah. got through law school. I got loans. I paid for it. I did good for clients. The clients referred me more clients, and I got to this point where I had the sponsorships. But I will tell you, the Clippers, uh, Courtside, yeah. LED uh, on, you know, on KTLA, on Primetime, um, that that one really got me emotional because it, it's my favorite team from childhood, and I just felt like everything kind of came full circle with that one. That and that's shocking to hear because I, I did not know you were a Clippers fan, and then
2: you do that deal, and then I you you, you I I went to the game with you, and you were a hardcore Clippers fan. Now t- tell me what you think about this team. I mean, Kawhi looks like he's healthy again. Paul George is back. Uh, the game that that we went to, the the Suns game, was kind of like the first time that I thought Kawhi's not right he he was sidelined for two weeks post the game that we saw tell me about this team I mean I think if they're healthy best team on
4: paper you know unfortunately with the NBA it's one of those things where best team on paper never works you know I remember remember that year with the Lakers when they had Peyton and everyone right or like uh it's just it, on paper, is not going to work. I think T. Lou, he's got to figure out, and he's good at this. Yeah, he's not so much the regular season kind of coach. He's he's more, uh, you know, putting his tools together, seeing what works. I think they got to tighten up the rotation, and when they get closer to playoff time, if they have a solid eight that they're rolling with, you know, is Reggie Jackson to start? Or is John Wall going to start? Are they going to play together? Is Kawhi going to start? Is he coming off the bench? I mean, it's just I, I think they've had twenty five different lineups. Um, already, yeah, you know, and we're not even 50 games in.
2: When you look at your law firm, what was the turning point for you? Because, again, you, you touched on it. You start with five clients, and then it's now, again, I mean, it is really hard to drive around town and not see your name, and it's such a cool thing. What Was there a moment, I guess?
4: You know, it, it, it just kind of built uh, upon itself. Um, I remember with the Chargers, um, they – they had dozens of firms that wanted to get that partnership when they moved out to L.A. And uh, I'll give a shout out to my guy who, who used to work for the Chargers, Denny O'Leary. Uh, he met with us multiple times. And what I think resonated with him was that I was born and raised in L.A., you know, just like you were from yeah. here. And we, we've seen what's going on in the city. It's... Uh, A lot of the crime is upticking. There's a lot of theft. There's a lot of homelessness. There's so many issues in the city. Um, And I I really, I thought these partnerships, they'll also give me a way to be able to give back and bring people together to the same table. You know, we, right now, we've launched the Save LA campaign. It's the sweater that I'm wearing right Mm -hmm. now. And I want to give a shout out to all my partners because all of them have come out to support us. And uh, anyone buys these SEVLA shirts, proceeds of it go to, to saving homeless people, getting them off the streets. And really, that's that, that was my goal with getting linked up with the NFL, with the NCAA, with the NBA. Um, I want to do big things, good things, not just law things. That's why, if you notice, you're never going to see a number on Uncle's billboards. You're not going to see no cheesy BS. <laughs> Are you injured? Are you this? I'm not an injury lawyer. Yeah. I'm a lawyer. If you have an issue, I'm here. Call me. That's what uncles do. They look after you no matter what. Yeah. I love that. Uh, When you look at the next five years,
2: you know, in in terms of really what's happening here in particular, we're going to host the World Cup. Yeah. The Olympics are coming here. All these big events are coming back. How do you want to position
4: Pernia Law to be a part of this? Yeah. You know, we're, we're, we're already in deep talks as far as signage and things like that when the events are here. Yeah. But uh, more importantly, uh, we need everyone in the city to band together, um, especially people that have the means to do so, to, to clean it up. Yeah. Because uh, the showcase, the lights are going to be on us. They, Us being in L.A., the lights are always on us. And you know what? Everyone always wants to talk down about us. People love to come here and visit and have a good time, but leave and say it's no home. It's no place to have a home. And I hate that perception. Yeah. And four years from now, when all these events are here, I want everyone to be able to come to L.A. and and, and really uh, feel like this is a great place to be again. You're a, a true fan, by the way. So, I mean, I've I've had the chance
2: to go see a Chargers game with you, a Clippers game. What's like the one team where like you don't want to be around you on that particular day where you're going to be throwing stuff if it's like a if it's a tight game at the end? Is it the Raiders? Is it the Clippers? Is it UCLA?
4: No, you know, it, Clippers is the one that really, <laughs> I saw you that day. I mean, if if you put together the the Clippers 3 oh my god playoff series losses, yeah. I mean, they still keep me up at night. And if Raiders took 17 years off my life, these guys took 27. So, uh, But, you know, it, that's what it is about being a fan, right? It doesn't matter. Uh, every game they lose, I'm like, that's it. I'm burning my jersey. But then I wake up and I'm ready for the next game. Yeah. So uh, Clippers and Raiders are right there together. But, but Clippers are for sure my number one. Before we close it out, you know, again,
2: you said, you know, no cheesy numbers or whatnot. But again, you know, people see the billboards, they see the signs, they're tuning in. By the way, we're on the air in Southern California, Las Vegas, Hawaii. People
4: want to get in touch with you. How can they do that? Listen, it, it, it's so simple. I give everybody my cell phone number. It's 310 739 6779. You can text me, hey, uncle, I have a question. You can call, we're 24 7. Um, you can even slide it to my DM Whoa, at uncle.arty on in Instagram. <laughs> and uh, look, this is the thing. you, you A lot of people, they, they're, they're weary to do a claim against big companies, whether it's your insurance, whether it's uh, maybe there was an issue in a mall, in a stadium, but it's always worth it to explore it because the consults are free and you never know. You might have a six-figure case that you just blow off. Give that number one more time because, again, it is so rare. I mean, he's literally giving his cell phone number. So, I, I mean, you could text, <laughs> text time, exactly. Like, Yo, is this really you? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> it's three one zero seven three nine six seven seven nine, And the Instagram is arty or at perennial law group. We're here 24-7, and I'm not an injury lawyer. I'm a lawyer lawyer, whatever it may be. You have a contract dispute. You have a business dispute. You need some contracts written up. Any athletes out there that don't need an agent full-time, you can have a contract attorney like Uncle look over your stuff. You don't need to give away 10% of your money all the time. So get at us. Love it. The man, the myth, the legend. (laughs) It's Uncle
2: Artie. Let's do this again soon. I'm down Arash. Thank you so much, brother. I Thank you. All right, that was my main man. Uncle Artie from Pernia Law. Um, listen, grew up a massive Clippers fan, Tim Lee. Again, he did this this was his dream. Um, you know, he goes to games now, and he sees his face up there. Um, and the one question that I brought up to him that I'll bring up to you, again, he became a Clippers fan Quentin Richardson, Darius Miles, and Elton Brand. And great I'm movement.
1: Like, great, great team, great team. I'm yeah.
2: like, bro, you could have been a Shaq and Kobe fan. But I respect, Tim, as a Clippers fan yourself, what was it about
1: the Clippers that you're like, this is the team I'm going to roll with? That's relatable, man. I mean, the, the, the head pounds, when, yeah. they, when they were like team working together, the Elton Brand pick working out, I mean, like that was just fundamental fun basketball. Yeah. It's not, obviously, like I wasn't born during Showtime. I'm sure, sure. if I was born during Showtime, it would be a lot different for me to say that, but... That Clipper movement, that Clipper team, that was inspirational as a kid.
2: So I mean, like, can you get that behind that of, our money bucket? Of course.
3: I <laughs> <would> grew <laughs> up watching KTLA five. I heard the name That's Michael right. Olowo Candy. Candy. Oh man. yeah, and yeah, I yeah. was like, oh, what is this? I li- I like this sport. <laughs> this team is like relatable, but the head pounds, as you mentioned, so Q rich. Yeah, that team was very fun. Baron Davis. But, I mean, yeah, if you wanted to root for a winner,
1: then... (laughs) (laughs) That's not what we were doing. Not to be rude. That's not what we were doing.
2: Yeah. But then we also talked about the game Thursday night. It's the Rams and the Raiders. Mm -hmm. A lot of silver and black again. The Raiders have not called Los Angeles home since 1994. That being said, despite them not being here for 20-plus years, they still have a strong fan base here. I mean, can you guys touch on why you think it's that an is.
1: obsessive fan base too. the exactly the Raiders. it's yeah. an actual obsessive and,
2: b- b- and by the way they never left too far away it no. was always a southwest flight away right it's like oakland is a you know a one-hour flight las vegas is a one-hour flight like if you really wanted to see your team play you could still do that but it is amazing because it is a it is a struggle certainly for the Chargers, by the way But the Rams, again, they are the defending Super Bowl champions. They've played in two Super Bowls. This is a bad year, but they've been a very good team. That being said, it's hard to get traction here. It's hard because, again, 20-plus years, you grew up as a fan of a certain team. And so whether you're a Bears fan or a San Francisco 49ers fan or a Cowboys fan, it's hard to be 21 years old or whatnot. You, You grew up in Los Angeles
3: without a pro football team it's hard to change that. It's the history. It's the yeah. lineage. It's the passing down from generation to generation. And when you say the Raiders, the first thing that comes to mind is just win, baby. Like, that <laughs> is how they establish themselves. What is the Rams or Chargers equivalent yeah, to that? that's good. Yeah. Like, what is it? What's it's their culture setter? You
2: said the right word, c- culture. Yeah. It's with the Raiders. I don't think they, they, they are a team. Like, they're not a team that is just one town. When I view this, they call them the silver and black, mm-hmm. the Raiders. I, the you, black hole. You can say Los Angeles Raiders, Las Vegas Raiders, but to me, like they're just the, the Raiders. Raiders. Yes. And so it doesn't matter like where they call home, and I do think it helps them that they, they were kind of always in that pocket of like, you know, like Oakland, Los Angeles, Vegas. They didn't move to St. Louis. That was the issue with the Rams. They moved all the way to St. Louis. That has nothing to do with the with with, with, with
3: like us here so the raiders have the silver and black seriously though what is the rams thing
1: is it right. in yeah, i
3: don't who's know whose house our house what right and it, it's <laughs> kind of that's a, too. that's a pretty
1: generic that's a generic tagline too the thing with the rams is like their reputation at least when they won the super bowl was that they, they kind of bought their super bowl so like yeah. it's not the most it's not the greatest reputation of it, too. And I think the schedule makers a little bit remorse for them, too, when they made these two By the games. way, that
2: Christmas Day game, because the, <laughs> the way that this season will
1: probably finish out right, is right, right. the
2: Rams and the Broncos will, will not be in playoff contention. No. going will be eliminated. So Christmas Day, and like, that, that is not a flexed-out game. You can't flex out that game. Right. So the Rams and the Broncos on Christmas Day, I mean, you're talking about terrible you Disappointment. Football. Disappointment. Well, yeah, be there? I was planning to be there at the beginning of no, the Arash season. No, flexed himself out. I flexed myself flexed out. I will be with my family one. and friends as I should be. Again, yeah. the Lakers normally have a home game on Christmas Day. They won't this year. They will be in Texas playing the Mavs. So I will be at home right. watching that game and saying, thank God I'm not at SoFi Stadium. I mean, that, that's just going to be a terrible game. Like The Rams and the Broncos, absolutely horrible. But listen, this has been fun. We will have to do this again tomorrow. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying, stay safe, stay healthy.
0: This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio.